Marco Shima, an award-winning marketer and a passionate innovator, is the co-founder and CMO of Aero Farms, a leader in indoor vertical farming, whose mission is to grow the best plants possible for the betterment of humanity. Mark has also been named by Eating Well as one of the American food heroes, and his dedication and passion towards a sustainable and equitable food future shows in everything that he does. I am very happy to share this conversation with you, so let's dive in. Hi, Mark. Great to talk to you today. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you, Sharon. It's always awesome to be able to catch up with you. Uh, Same for me. Same for me. So um, you've had an amazing, well, an an amazing run, but I would say just this year, your Aero Farms just pops up a lot. So I wanted to uh, ask you a few questions, and um, I know you also want to share some big news, so I can't wait to hear that. Um, so in the past, uh, you've mentioned your background uh, working in retail, which has helped you successfully take Aerofarm's products to the supermarket shelves and take the company itself to the next level. You also mentioned that um, you have a big team with different backgrounds working with you as well. And we all uh, know that Aerofarms is hugely successful and ever-expanding company um, and um, highly innovative. Uh, It seems like you're constantly innovating. As I said, there is so much coming out. Um, So we have the most recent examples, like a new partnership with Nokia Bell Labs. So my first question to you is it embedded in the genetic makeup of the company to keep evolving the way it's doing? And what are some of the enabling factors that make this possible, in your opinion? Well, great question. And thinking about you know where we are today and, and, and our journey, uh, some of the things that have been core has been having really a North Star, a, a vision around the mission and the impact you know that we want to have. And so... Uh, that's been very, really important in thinking about, uh, again, the bigger picture. And along the way, we're going to have some zigs and zags. And we're going to be thinking about, as we unlock and uncover you know, new opportunities, how is we as an organization able to respond to that? Um, so one of the things that we've done is that we've actually codified as part of our culture what we call our core principles. And it's called CARE, and it's actually an acronym. Uh, it's Collaboration, Communication. Uh, the A is for agility, which I'm going to come back to because I think that's really uh, at the heart of one of the things you're asking here. Uh, then we have respect and then we have empowerment. And so we're thinking about how do we live these principles and embody that and then provide the right tools for our team to be able to embrace that. And particularly on agility, I think that's really is a really critical part of this mindset in terms of thinking about how can we as a business continue to evolve uh, as we think about these new opportunities? And for us, you know, we've now grown over 550 different types of crops. Uh, we think about the impact we can have not only in the world of food, but other verticals, pharmaceutical, nutraceutical, cosmeceutical as well. So anything plant-based. So it's been tremendously exciting for us. How do we take a core set of expertise, uh, but more importantly, the right mindset, the right culture to really think about how we can apply that to different opportunities as they come. Well, uh, you should be not just one of the, you know, fast company, com- you know, rising stars, um, but also, you know, those list of, uh, you know, great places to work with. It seems like you <laughs> you, you check all the boxes. Um, so well, well done. Um 
So you founded Aero Farms in 2004, 17 years ago. And back then, Utex certainly wasn't the hot topic uh, that it's today. Um, are there any major positive changes that you've seen so far in the food tech arena that make your job easier now as opposed to when you started? And more broadly, changes that make you think we're headed in the right direction? Um, and what are some of the barriers that we still need to break, in your opinion? Well, you're right that, you know, we've been one of the pioneers in this space and, you know, trying to help think about how do we build not only AeroFarms as a company, but really build an industry. And so mm -hmm. really from day one, we've taken a broader purview from that standpoint and thinking, you know, how can we partner effectively uh, from a public and private partnership too, and then work with effectively with different um, government to think, how do we help facilitate a broader movement here? And we're exciting that we've now feel like we have uh, been able to catch that wave and, and crest with it and, and really be able to start riding that. And it's all about that positive direction and change. The background in terms of why it's even more relevant and more topical today though, is uh, there's unfortunate realities of some of the macro pressures that we're talking about. And so climate change is, is at, the, at the forefront of that, increasing population, increasing urbanization. The consumer is aware that more than ever, you know, our food system is more challenged than ever before. Uh, we have major drought issues, issues with pesticides, you know, issues with the overuse of pesticides or fertilizer and creating yeah. dead zones. Food safety issues uh, with traditional field grown product. You know, there's a recall, unfortunately, almost every single week, headline yeah. news. Uh, so there's more pressure than ever before. And particularly when you look at that in, in totality, holistically, so we're clearly, you know, the consumer is aware, and that's really what you think about any kind of change, any kind of movement uh, in terms of, again, really getting it to be uh, widespread adoption. The consumer is recognizing that the food system is challenged more than ever. Technology, companies like AeroFarms uh, can help be, you know, one of the paths forward. Uh, we're hopeful that we can help serve as really as an inspiration or a catalyst for further work. You know, we need all stakeholders at the table here. And so one of the things that's been exciting for us as well, you know, a lot of our focus had been initially in terms of thinking about indoor vertical farming, uh, but we've been able to apply that expertise now to a much broader. And so we're working with um, the broader agriculture community and we're doing everything from, you know, seeds and genetics, you know, to be able to optimize plants for different characteristics. So. The, all that information is being applied to the broader agriculture community as well. And so that's what I think is really exciting in terms of, again, where we are. It's not just about indoor vertical farming. It's about what we can do for agriculture overall and then be part of a catalyst here. That's wonderful. And I think, and this, um, it's not something I'm totally certain, but obviously um, possibly not just in the U.S., but also to help. I think overall governments shape policy, especially around genetics. Um, I think that's needed, and I'm sure you guys could play a role in that as well with the data that you have. There's work on, on the genetics and what we're calling speed breeding, right? How we can help accelerate, you know, that growth and development. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we need to be able to think you know, differently about uh, that seed seed stock and performance of how it does not only indoors, but also in terms of outdoors. How can we help? Sure drive some improvements there. Uh, the work we're doing is very much in terms of, you know, how do we 
partner effectively with governments, with NGOs, with universities. Um, we have a very active program uh, working with universities as well and thinking about you know, what's needed from the next generation of curriculum uh, and focus in areas of research. Uh, and we partner closely with uh, major organizations. So for example, here in the United States, there's a program uh, funded through the Foundation for Food and Agriculture Research. And out of that work found, came what's called PIP, which is the Precision Indoor Plant Consortium. And this is a multinational uh, organization thinking about, again, how do we have an impact using ag tech to help drive innovation and be able to help farmers across the value chain. And what's really unique about this is that in this spirit of collaboration and doing new research on the next generation of products, uh, even the seeds, uh, Aero Farms is the principal investigator for this research. And so uh, that's a really uh, high compliment and testimony to the respect um, that uh, organization has held, as well as just a reminder of like our company, you know, our, our principles in terms of what we've done has always been very much science driven. Uh, yeah. uh, when we talk about, you know, the co-founding of Aero Farms, you know, there's three of us, it's myself, uh, our CEO, David uh, Rosenberg, mm -hmm. ultimate visionary, uh, and also uh, Dr. Ed Harwood, our chief science yeah. officer. And so, you know, his background had been at working at Cornell University, one of the top ag programs in the world. So we've always really have taken that science-driven approach to think about, um, again, the broader community as well. Well, that's, uh, I think, much needed, much needed work. Um, so in um, 2020, uh, AeroFarm's products performed on average 50% better um, than the average velocity per SKU of the indoor farming industry. Uh, and now, obviously, there is the news that you're expanding to new markets, uh, berries, as you just said, pharmaceuticals. So AeroFarms is also certified B Corp. What is the actual positive impact on communities um, that um, you want to have, like tangibly, let's say from, from now to five or 10 years? Well, we think about, you know, again, the founding aspect of the company, it's always been thinking about all the key stakeholders and mm -hmm. we're thinking about the environment, we're thinking about our team, we're thinking about the community. And it was really important for us uh, to really formalize that, which is one of the reasons why we went and did the certified B Corporation. We were one of the first companies and the first vertical farming company you know, to do that. And for us, it was really important because it looked at both environmental factors and societal factors. And you have this transparent scorecard about how you're doing and how you're measuring it and the kind of um, progress that you have there. And this is important to us because uh, within the world of agriculture, you know, we felt like organic did not go far enough, right? Yeah. In terms of thinking about that broader uh, uh, community. And so this is important when we think about not only what we're trying to do in the world of agriculture, but other verticals, other industries, and embracing a, a common language, right? In terms of thinking about, uh, again, how do you think about um, these metrics and, and have the right kind of impact uh, and, and right kind of commitment? You know, we're a certified B corporation, we're a public benefit corporation as well from a structure standpoint. Um, so this is built into literally, you know, the core fabric, the core DNA of the organization. And when we think about, uh, again, our farms, this idea of enabling local production, bringing the farms to the communities where the people are, 
Uh, it's about creating jobs in the community, year-round employment, fair wages, fair benefits. Uh, it's a helping address in many cases where there, there could be food deserts, increasing access to healthier food options. Uh, we think about you know these farms being by the community for the community. So it's uh, an amazing opportunity, we think, to continue to think about that application. Um, we've had m multiple touch points within the organization. One of the things that we're really excited about are our community farms program and initiative. This is something that we have been doing for a number of years, for over 10 years in an inner city school in Newark, New Jersey. We've had a working farm right in the dining hall uh, of a public school, of a public uh, charter school. And it, it's an incredible connection for the students with their food. Uh, we think about the idea that all of a sudden they're growing their food. They have an amazing connection. They actually then are ultimately eating the food because they grew it. And so you want to talk about long-term impact. You know, we've seen now multiple generations of students and families and seeing that firsthand. We've now extended that program on our focus with community farms. We're working closely with the World Economic Forum and their Healthy Cities and Communities Initiative. Mm -hmm. uh, they've identified four cities. Uh, Jersey City is the first one out of the gate. Austin, Mumbai, and Moscow would be the others. But right now, we actually are working with Jersey City and building out 10 community farms that go right into, um, back into the community operated and the food that's being uh, grown uh, is being underwritten through a grant, but it's going to be distributed to the, to the community for free. And so incredible connection with the food, where it's coming from, you know, how do you address that last mile, how do you address food deserts, but more importantly, just creating that connection. And so we've been doing a lot of activations in the community already, education, sampling, and the community is truly hungry for this. So that's what's exciting about you know, seeing firsthand the, the positive impact that we can have here. No, absolutely. I think even with you know the COVID pandemic, um, what we've seen, especially in the U.S., is the importance of really uh, providing the underserved communities and providing good food to all without having them pay, obviously, you know, premium prices. Uh, I think that is very important, especially in certain parts, even the U.S., which you know people in Europe don't don't necessarily think about of the U.S. as um, having people that can't afford three meals a day, which unfortunately is, is the case. Um, yeah. So well done to you. I will say, you know, one of the main inspirations for me personally was increasing access to food. And something that was very seminal and very influential was the work I did a number, a number of years ago, but I was on the marketing advisory board for the Food Bank for New York City. And the Food Bank for New York City is responsible for distributing over you know, 75 million pounds of food a year. And, yeah, the statistics are staggering. You know, when you think about one out of five people in New York City are facing, you know, challenges around food and uh, food security. And, you know, for children, it can be one out of four. And so, again, absolutely critical time period in terms of development. But here we are, like, yeah, in New York, not just in the United States, but in New York City, right, which we think, you know, how can people not have food or access to food? And so yeah. uh, we have to do better. We can do better and we will do better. Yeah. Yes. No, it's, uh, it's very much needed. It can't be that good food is only for certain people. Um, that's uh, definitely a, a big, big issue um, mm -hmm. anywhere in the world, but. Um, yeah. And that's one of the examples of where we want to help reframe the, the discussion, right? It's not about, um, you know, calories, right? It's around nutrition, right? Yes. So there's, there's a, 
this idea of increasing access to healthier food and food options. And again, one of our ma mantras is like, you know, if you want to change behavior and you want people, and this is just the fundamental in terms of long-term consumer loyalty around your product, right? You make it taste good, right? So exactly. the biggest way you can have an impact is people enjoy it. So they want to eat another serving. They want to eat more. And that's what's amazing when you see the connection uh, of the product and the experience they have when they, when they um, sample uh, and, and eat and enjoy the AeroFarms product. Well, so we spoke about the U.S., but um, obviously you, we've seen in the news you have a huge project in Abu Dhabi. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So we've had um, a lot of good history within the overall UAE, um, and one of our initial core investors um, had been Maras, uh, but now uh, Dubai Holding. And so this idea of long-term impact, particularly in challenging environments about, you know, how can we grow? How can we grow differently? Uh, our lens has always been global in, in that nature and pain points we may feel in the U.S. or Europe are certainly much more acute in, in, yes. in the Middle East. Uh, the work we're doing in Abu Dhabi specifically is with uh, a great partner. And this is one of the key lessons that we've learned in terms of identifying great partners to think about how do we grow and scale. Um, is with Audio, the Abu Dhabi Investment Office. And uh, they are very much focused in terms of thinking about um, how to create this ecosystem, how to create and think about transforming Abu Dhabi into be this nexus for agriculture innovation and technology. Um, and we've been able to you know, partner with them with the idea of we're building out uh, constructions underway of what's gonna be the world's largest indoor vertical farm just for R&D that will mm. be based in Abu Dhabi. And this is really representative of a lot of work we do today out of our global headquarters in Newark, New Jersey. Uh, in addition to the commercial production and growing that we do, we actually work and partner closely with Fortune 100 companies uh, around the world, helping them solve their ag tech supply chain needs. And <clears throat> this opportunity is to take this even further with this next generation vertical farm that we're doing for R&D that will have centers of excellence around uh, genetics, around automation, around robotics, around sensory, around chemo, um, you know, chemotyping. And, and uh, the area that we're most excited about is around the speed breeding. And that we talk about, again, how do we help accelerate change? The focus that we'll have there is on uh, very much on a regional basis as well, in terms of thinking about specific crops and growing in that, in that tough environment. But the work we're doing there will be in conjunction with other major partners as well. That's terrific. And then I would assume um, that will help, you know, more so than the MENA region. I think uh, we need to look at Africa as well. Um, yeah, yeah, without question, you know, we look at not just the GCC, but the whole MENA and, and thinking yeah. about um, areas of opportunity, um, types of products, you know, that we're growing are regionalized and tailored, you know, to that environment in terms yeah. of again, what's gonna have appeal um, and where we can have an impact. But I do wanna mention, and literally, you know, this is uh, yet other breaking news that we have, uh -huh. um, that we um, have a major partnership with Cargill and their cacao division. And actually the work we're doing there is lo looking at the next generation of cacao trees to think about how we can help make them more resilient and 
have an impact there. Uh, but that work that we're doing with Cargill uh, has already started here in our global headquarters in Newark, but will be underway very specifically in this new AeroFarms Agex R&D farm in Abu Dhabi uh, starting in the beginning of 2022. And that is news that we're just uh, sharing actually tomorrow. But the idea that this is going to be uh, possible to share with you and your audience because this is going to be broadcast next week. So, Well, thanks. And I know you have more news, but let me ask you about <laughs> obviously another, you know, big thing that everybody was talking about, which, um, you know, was your SPAC deal and your agreement with Spring Valley Acquisition Corp. So uh, how did this, I guess, uh, impact your decision process? Um, and what changed, right? What What's happening, I would say, from, from when you broke the news of your, you know, SPAC deal? One of the core things when we think about um, any kind of partnership, any kind of uh, investment opportunity is thinking about, again, the shared values. And this has been from day one of we've had an incredible uh, set of investors. And when we thought about some of the different acquisition opportunities that were out there with the, with the SPAC, um, is about finding like-minded people. And Spring Valley Acquisition Corps, they have made investments in sustainable companies, uh, have a very much an environmental background and focus in thinking about longer term uh, impact. And so that was a core tenant when we think about, again, that alignment and that work that we're doing there. Uh, what was attractive about this was an opportunity to be able to accelerate our growth and our development and to be able to capitalize on the inbound uh, opportunities that we have ahead of us. And so a lot of inquiry about, can you build a farm in this region, in this market? Uh, we'd love to get your product. Uh, this is demand both from consumer as well as selling partners. And so you know this opportunity is allowing us to be able to accelerate that. And then continue the work we're doing in terms of uh, future R&D and other crops and other areas. And so, uh, right now, the core engine, you know, for the company has been on our commercial growing for leafy greens. Uh, we have really demonstrated in, in, at scale, you know, these commercial operations and proven economics. And then the consumer has responded in terms of, again, higher sales velocity at stores and just a great you know, feedback we're getting with what's called the net promoter score in terms of their willingness to recommend. And so really, you know, driving a great brand product experience has been, you know, sort of the core of all of this. In terms of like our lens on decision making, um, it's one of the things that we continue to always think about, which is, you know, how to be disciplined in terms of, you know, the projects and initiatives. How do we prioritize effectively? Uh, but this is uh, allowing us to think um, in a bigger way in terms of again how we can help accelerate the impact we want to have. And maybe, um, which we haven't done before, but maybe since we're talking about also the commercial product. Can you please tell our listeners what is possible, I would say, in, our, in a narrow farm farm uh, in terms of how much product is produced and, um, you know, the core benefits, like you, obviously the, the water you, you save in one of your farms, for example. Yeah, so just to paint a picture for the audience, when we talk about indoor vertical farming, we're talking about converting, you know, warehouses or building to spec dedicated growing facilities indoors, stack the beds of growing on top of one another. 
the arrow in arrow farms refers to aeroponics. So we're actually misting the roots in a very judicious way. We're using up to 95% less water than the field, up to 40% less than even hydroponics. We use a fraction of the fertilizer. We use zero pesticides. And so this is an ability to grow a clean product. Yep. And plants don't need sunlight, they need spectrum of light. And so we tailor what the plants need based on the variety, based on the stage of maturation. We're looking at delivering through LEDs specific spectrum of light, the right intensity, the right frequency, um, and thinking again, what does the plant need to be uh, able to grow and optimize? And so we're able to grow with much greater efficiency. We're able to do more with less. Uh, this is a way of growing that has up to 390 times greater productivity per square foot than the field farm uh, while using that 95% less water, while using um, you know zero pesticides. And so this is fundamentally you know, enabling that local production to have the right kind of economies of scale, to have the right kind of economics that allow us to be priced at the same pro you know, same pricing as, as the field grown product. So the consumer is getting a great value proposition. It's locally grown, better flavor, better nutrition, better shelf life, and better product experience. And so our selling partners are very excited. You know, our ability to do just-in-time growing allows us to be able to harvest the product, get it in stores within 24 hours. So it's a great experience for them. And you know, they don't have the same kind of um, disruptions that they may see with some of the field growing, whether it's due to the climate change, whether it's due to you know pressures that we see with um, you know water, heat. I mean, we've had tremendous issues this year. Um, everywhere in the world around the heat, but in, in, in California, where there's a lot of the central production here, major, major issues around the heat and the, and the crops are being damaged, uh, you know, because of that. So the consumer ultimately is getting a product that they're able to enjoy 365 days a year. And for the selling partner, you know, that means, you know, really being able to help drive the category. And, and it's important from um, frequency of visit and, and strategically around, you know, again, that uh, market basket and, and the value of what produce does and an offering like ours uh, really helps them. And so um, since we're also talking about news, I mean, there's so much news, Mark. Um, we need to talk about Nokia. We need to talk about the Midwest and St. Louis. Where do you want to start? Well, we can talk about, uh, again, the Nokia Bell Labs um, mm -hmm. partnership is an example you know, when we think about how do we um, reimagine what farming can be like, right? How do we take, you know, best practices um, and some of the brightest minds from other industries and help deploy it and think about uh, new applications within agriculture? Uh, we had a, and have had great success working with another great multi-year partner called uh, Dell and Dell Technologies mm -hmm. uh, and thinking about fully connected smart farms and thinking about, again, how do we harness all this data. And so we're harvesting the data and the insights, but these smart farms are being, you know, enabled by, you know, systems that we're doing with different partners. Uh, one of the things that we're excited with the, about the Nokia Bell Labs is now in this next generation of plant vision, machine image and machine vision, where we're able to work with them and think about the application of the imaging now tied to drones and controls. And we think about 5G and think about, the environment. So we're able to do real-time, basically, plant imaging of every single plant every single day to be able to check on the key health and the quality of the plant. And more importantly, uh, we're able to course correct if we identify something that may be an issue. 
you don't and would never have this level of control uh, out in the field. And yeah. so this is really representative of, again, how do you ensure the highest level of quality, the highest level you know, of performance for, for yield? And, and uh, this is um, an exciting development that we're working with uh, a great partner like Nokia Bell Labs. And, you know, uh, being a New Jersey-based company, uh, Bell Labs also has a tremendous amount of history there, uh, amazing history around innovation. So when we talk about the broader relationship with Nokia Bell Labs, again, there's this shared vision around innovation and the role of innovation in terms of being able to uh, unlock more opportunities. So we have a, a great foundation from that standpoint, but we're really applying this technology now in a new way that allows us to very uh, economically be able to have the feasibility, the commercialization aspect here of this imaging to be able to ensure the highest plant quality. So that's a really great example, and even Ardell's example as well, of yeah. partnering outside of industry, thinking of new applications within agriculture, and reimagining you know, what the possibilities could be. And really important, you know, we think about uh, our future farms you know, will have the benefit you know, of this latest generation of technology. And what that means is really, again, um, whether a farm is in Newark, New Jersey, whether it's in Abu Dhabi, or whether it's in another region, we'll, we'll be able to see real time what's happening in the farm and yes. be able Have to that leverage that data. Yeah. So we think about ourselves, we're as much of a data company in terms of how we you know, harness that as well and those insights. Um, and when we think about, you know, when we talk about the history, the pioneering history, you know, there's so much data that we have that is a real competitive advantage as well. Um, you know, we're the only commercial grower out there that's been growing exclusively with LED lights since 2009. So that's a really lot of history of understanding, you know, the right impact, you know, of the lights. And we have our own proprietary LED, you know, design. Uh, our own chief technology officer, who's formerly of GE Lighting, formerly a publicly traded um, LED company. So we have this expertise all in-house, which is really what has made AeroFarms a little bit different, a little bit unique in the market. Uh, really thinking about not taking something off the shelf and then tailoring it. We, we've built it from the ground up, how to create the perfect environment for the plants and create the systems around that. And so our team is not just around the plant scientists, it's around the team of engineers, world-class operators, food safety, nutritionists, thinking holistically about how do we think about the plant health, how it translates into human health. So those are exciting things that we're doing and how technology can help be an enabler you know, for that. Um, you mentioned the Midwest, so that's really, really exciting news for us as well. Um, here in the US, we continue our expansion. Uh, earlier in the year, we had announced expansion down into Virginia for the Midwest and the South. And this expansion into the Midwest uh, that we just literally are announcing in the St. Louis region uh, will give us a great footprint to be able to service the, the, the broader Midwest region and help meet. We've had you know, a tremendous amount of demand from consumers and retailers. And what's interesting about this project, and this goes back to one of the things you're talking about, you know, how do we partner with the community? How do we think about the community? Uh, this, was, this was done very much in conjunction with the community. A um, couple of things that were really interesting, World Wildlife Fund was the convening partner. And so uh, we think about you know, those environmental stewards and leaders, um, World Wildlife Fund is very interested in, in thinking about what role agriculture has to play in um, our environment and how we can do better. And they're excited to help think about, you know, what impact can vertical farming and companies like Aero Farms have to change and tip this equation. And so they helped convene in St. Louis, uh, what was the St. Louis 
coalition for controlled environment agriculture, over 70 different stakeholders from uh, you know, small businesses to community uh, leaders to universities, and uh, as well as major uh, retailers. And the idea was how to think about uh, the broader uh, ecosystem there as well. Uh, St. Louis region is an amazing ag tech uh, area. It actually has more PhDs uh, in ag than any other, more concentration of PhDs than any other area. So for us, and thinking about you know where to put our next farm, we were always thinking about that collaboration and, and partnership within the community and those different stakeholders. But it's going to allow us a bigger footprint into the Midwest, and we'll continue in terms of that farm development as part of our plans and thinking about uh, as we go public. Uh, the idea is we're building 16 farms just here in the U.S. alone, um, and we see you know a tremendous amount of opportunity even in other regions as well. Amazing. So is there any other news that I haven't touched on because there's so many? So what we can share today is, is, and this is what's been exciting, is that, you know, despite, you know, the challenges we see with the COVID and the pandemic, um, you know, we've been able to continue to forge ahead. Um, We have an amazing, amazing committed team. You know, our farm operations have been in operation every single day you know, here in the U.S., they've been wearing the mantle of essential worker and this commitment to nourish, feed and nourish the community is something that they've worn proudly. So we're tremendously excited and proud by the team. But our ability to think about long-term plans and growth, um, you know, we broke ground in Virginia, we broke ground in Abu Dhabi. Uh, we're just announcing plans now in St. Louis uh, region. So this is a tremendous excitement time in terms of this trajectory. And then the breakthrough technology uh, and partnerships in other areas. So working with Nokia Bell Labs, but also Cargill and thinking again about the broader ag space. And so this is a, an exciting time for the company. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and I urge everybody to go visit your website um, and learn more about AR Farms if they don't already know. I mean, it's hard not to know about you guys, but... <laughs> always happy to share our story yes and that's a good story to tell um and hopefully uh we'll get to have an arrow farms in europe and and asia and uh, you know anywhere you know i love you guys well it's mutual and we thank you for your support you know all these years so yeah thank you you're very welcome um so yeah, let's. Uh, it's time to wrap up. I wanted to thank you again, and that's it. Any parting words? Uh, just stay tuned. There will be more news to come. There and... you go. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you so much, Mike. Want to deep dive into food innovation? Subscribe to the Food Tech Junkie series. Tune in and listen to the industry's champion whose mission is to reinvent our future by collaborating and disrupting the status quo as a way to rebalance our planet and our daily lives. For more great content, visit our website at www.edibleplanetventures.com and follow us on social media on the Edible Planet Ventures channels.